It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills on the mic on this 26th day of October, 6.06 on the clock, and 53 degrees and mostly cloudy outside here in southeast Ohio. Uh, it's it Again, this is the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contract. Can appreciate their support, but man, oh man, what, what a football weekend. Uh, I, I cannot begin to tell you. First, first and foremost, for the success, congratulations to the Tomcats. They advance in Region 27. They make it to the regional semifinals. They've got a tough opponent in Newark Catholic, the Green Wave, coming up on Friday. And, of course, we'll have that game on our sister station, WXTQ Power 105, uh, where we've had the Athens County Game of the Week all season long. So a big congratulations to Phil Fares and his crew as they advance. Uh, but back-to-back uh, -back nights, I think, of heartache here in Southeast Ohio. We'll have Scott Thomas join the program, the writer for The Post. He took the trip down to Fairland with us. Uh, we talked to him a little bit before the game, before and after, but you know, it's, it's just a, a hard pill to swallow, and it's a pill that, that you know, a lot, of, a lot of Nelson, New York Buckeye fans, they did their best. You know, they, they played one heck of a game out there, and there is nothing, uh, nothing that, that they could have done to, to change anything. And I think that's the most disappointing thing because, you know, they went out there, they had the lead, 28-27, 27 seconds remaining against a very talented Fairland team. I'm not going to take anything away from Fairland. They had a, tremendous players in Max Ward, the quarterback, who threw again for over 200 yards. And, of course, Gavin Hunt. And Hunt uh, caught 210 receiving yards um, you know, along with the 73-yard punt return. But, you know, the and I don't, I'm not one to criticize referees. I don't want to sit here and, and sit on my high horse and say, you know what, you know, the, it, it, of course, you know, because somebody won or somebody lost, it's because of the referees. But if you go back and watch that game, or if you even at that game down in Fairland this, this past Saturday, it, it is tough. It, it was a, a tough game to, to drive an hour 30 all the way out here in Athens County, drive an hour 30 out to Fairland and lose in that fashion. I would have rather watched a game and had a blowout on either side. I would have rather seen some team win 40-something to six rather than, than have that game end in that fashion because the way that, they, that, that the, Tom, uh, that the uh, Buckeyes played was just phenomenal. They were down at the halftime. They were fighting their way back, and they opened up the second half exactly how they needed to. Carter with a couple of nice runs. Alec Taylor with the touchdown reception. Like they with two. I mean, Taylor had a, a tremendous job in that game. Taylor stepped up. Drew Carter stepped up. The whole Buckeye offense and defense stepped up in that second half. But it was just unfortunate the way that that game had ended. First off, with the uh, first off, congratulations to the Buckeyes. Uh, they they had a, a tremendous season. They have gotten better every single week, and they have you know improved. Uh, especially Carter with the way that he, he commanded the offense from week number one uh, all the way here 
until week eight or nine, wherever we are in the high school football postseason. You know, he, he got better. The Buckeyes looked phenomenal, and they looked like a team that, that deserved to be in the regional semifinals, uh, but because of, again, it, it, you go back, you make your own determination, but I can tell you from what I saw at that football game on Saturday, those were back-to-back blown calls at the end of the game, and there's no question about it. Critter McDonald gets the inter- it's to run you through the play, in case you weren't listening on, on WXDQ on Saturday or maybe if you were listening in or watching at some different uh, media outlet, in case you were not at that game or listening. Buckeyes score a touchdown. It was fourth down and 13. Drew Carter lobs it up the middle for Alec Taylor. He catches it over his helmet uh, with Gavin Hunt right behind him. Taylor brings down the touchdown reception. The Buckeyes tie it 27-27. They then kick the extra point. Taylor's extra point is good. Buckeyes take the lead for the first time in the entire ballgame with 27 seconds remaining. On the kickoff, Taylor slips a little bit. The kick didn't go as deep as maybe he wanted it to go. Ball is placed somewhere around the 40. And then the, the Dragons, with one pass from Ward over to Gavin Hunt, a nice reception by him. He takes it all the way down to the Buckeye 20. They're in the red zone. First two plays, incomplete passes. One was intended for Hunt. I think another one was a screen pass over on the right side. Then you have what I saw was back-to-back interceptions taken away from the Buckeyes. And it's hard because they they did everything right, I think, on defense except for give up the the Hunt, you know, long uh, reception. But it was... Critter McDonald's back in the top right portion of the end zone. He comes down with the interception. Buckeyes celebrate. That should have ended it. But the one referee comes over. He says that ball hit the ground incomplete. Am I all right? He's still got another shot here. There's only three seconds left on the clock. I guess it hit the ground, but if you talk to somebody who was closer in that area, that ball never even hit the ground. And then if you go all the way over, now it's fourth down and 10 with three seconds remaining. Last play of the ball game. Ward fires it over towards the left side, tries to hit Gavin Hunt on a slant. It's intercepted by Alec Taylor, and that should have been the ball game. No time left on the clock. But there was a flag that was thrown, and I watched that tape back over and over and over again, and I cannot find where that passive interference was. And it's frustrating. Because the Buckeyes did every single thing right that they needed to do in that second half. And I feel for them. You know, I, I, I feel for this Buckeye team. It's a team with full of bunch of upperclassmen, full of seniors. And to have that moment taken away from them. And again, you know, I, I'm not a referee. I'm not wearing the stripes. But I wouldn't want to insert myself into that position and make yourself a part of the football game. You can see maybe there was a little bit of contact behind Hunt, but Taylor was clear. That was an interception. He cut off the pass. That should have been the ball game. But then Emma Marshall comes up, kicks a 26-yard field goal. 30-28 was the ball game. And and it was heart-wrenching just to see the way that these guys played in that second half, how they came back into that football game, and, and how they responded. I just, it was unbelievable. It was, it, it was a, a, a terrible call, in my opinion, 
and I wish that there was something else that we could we could discuss or we can talk over. You know, it, it, we should be celebrating heading into Friday and Saturday yet again with Trimble and Nelsonville, York. We should be going up and having two games here in Athens County. But it's just been uh, a, definitely a, a disappointing weekend of football. Uh, unless you're a Trimble Tomcat fan, but if you're an Athens County fan, it has been a, a rough, rough uh, a weekend, especially with the Cincinnati Bengals uh, losing in the, in the manner that they did. We'll talk about the Bengals in a little bit. But right now, bring it on to the program. Uh, reporter for The Post, he's covered Nelsonville, New York Buckeyes all season long. Scott Thomas joins us right here on the Sports Fan. Scott, rough. I mean, that the way that the, Tom, uh, the, way that the Buckeyes had lost that football game through no fault of their own. I thought that they did everything right except for give up the long reception to Hunt. But that was just a brutal, and I mean brutal way, to take that away from those kids. Yeah, Connor, I fully agree. I don't really know if I could imagine a worse, worse way to lose the game. I mean, they did everything they had to do, and, and it was taken from them, really. And I, at the end there, you know, emotions were running high. I don't know what was said over on the sideline. Did you get a clear look? Uh, when obviously in the middle of the field there was there might have been some exchange of words or whatever, uh, but over it looked like a fan somebody who was just standing on the side of there uh, looked to be looked to have said something. Did were you in that area or in that vicinity when that was going down? Yeah, yeah, I was on that. Uh, I was on the North New York uh, sideline, right, right in, in the end zone, pretty much. And since they brought in some extra seating, so some of the fans had like pretty clear access to the field and. You know, one of the one of the parents kind of ran onto the field after that interception, and he was before he knew it got called back, and he was celebrating. And then, then once they uh, called that back, and once they <clears throat> once they um, kicked that field goal, there were a lot of things that were said that I probably shouldn't repeat on public radio. And nor would I um, ask you to repeat them. <laughs> yeah, and they they kind of ran onto the field. I know that there were there was a lot happening. There was. There were players, there were coaches, there were parents all in there. Just I think that it was just a huge amount of frustration knowing that, especially because it was such a big swing of emotion because they were riding an all-time high with just 27 seconds left, and for it to come down like that and for it to be taken away from that, it was it was really heartbreaking for, for those North New York parents and fans, coaches. And it's not that we're criticizing, you know, any of the players. We're not criticizing any of the coaches. I thought Rusty Richards did a phenomenal job game planning, getting his kids ready for that second half. But then you know, to just have that taken away by, you know, it was almost like, as I was talking back in the car ride, you know, it was almost like they were playing not only Fairland, but the referees too. Yeah, there were, there were a couple, couple of instances even before that. I mean, Fairland took back that punt return for a touchdown, I think in the second quarter and maybe the third quarter and, there was a hold right on that Nelsonville York sideline, and that caught some flack too. That that one didn't get called. Um, not only did that yeah, not get called, Scott, but that got called as a sideline warning against Nelsonville York. And with their coach Heath and I were talking about the whole broadcast. Their coach was out at midfield multiple times. Yeah, it was. It really did seem like there was there was something something going on. I I know that I talked to. I talked to Rusty Richards after the game. I was, I was really happy I got to talk to him. He, he's been really good to me this whole year. Um, 
he he was just pretty much speechless. He had he just felt like they got cheated, and he just didn't even know what to say about that game because because the way that they played, they should have been celebrating, but you know instead they were they had to deal with all of that and and a loss on top of that. Right, and you know you got to tip your cap to Rusty Richards. I mean he's a, a class act. He has done even when I've talked to him, and and you talk to anybody in the area. You know, he's as good of a coach, as good as a guy as you have around here. And, uh, you know, and that makes it even more of a, of a tough pill to swallow because of how likable this team was. You know, the, the Buckeyes from, you know, having an inexperienced uh, quarterback in Drew Carter to a, a talented tight end in Ethan Gale uh, to Critter McDonald, who, who has made plays all over the field all season long. Like, these guys were, were nice guys. These were good you know, football players, and, and they came together at the right moment, and they were had the momentum coming into this football game. It was just, you know, you bundle all that up together, and you can feel nothing but, you know, a little bit of disappointment uh, at, at the end of this. Yeah, and um, at the end of the game, after after the scuffle and stuff, one of the coaches came up to me and, uh, and the reporter that was there from the 740s, and he told us, he told us, don't write about this, write about how they never gave up, and I thought that was, that was really cool too because I mean they were down that entire game they they only led for 27 seconds and you know it's not very often that a team that only leads for 27 seconds should have won the game but right but the way that they came back and rallied and and kept themselves in the game even that even when it looked like they were going to have that door shut on them was was really impressive and well, the way that Drew Carter played in the fourth quarter I mean he put the team on his back he really he really showed a lot in that last last fourth quarter and he's they're going to be in good hands next year with him starting for his second year. And let's shift to the positive, right? Because, you know, the Buckeyes did, again, they've had a tremendous season. You know, their, their season should still be going on, but you know what? They did the best they could have done, and they were phenomenal all season long. I think really the turning point for Nelsonville York going back was that Vinton County overtime win. Because since then, since they figured out to win that ball game against VC, you know, they really were dominant. Yeah, since that game, the defense defense had only given up like six or seven points a game at, since then, and and that was that was huge too. They were down fourteen in that game, and they uh, they came back. The defense didn't allow a point after the after the first half, and that's that's when that defense really started to come alive. It was after the first half of the Benton County game, and and uh, Rusty Rusty told me that if if they hadn't won that game, that they uh, that they would have opted out of the playoffs too. So that. It was definitely a huge game. Put them on a five-game win streak that should have been should have been six. Right, and you know, back to to Saturday's game because you know, Carter again had a fourth-quarter one-yard run uh, for a, a touchdown. Uh, 110 yards rushing from Drew on 19 carries, 14 of 28 for 175 yards through the air. Uh, and Alec Taylor really stepped up in this ball game because Taylor. Yeah, 89 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he really did it all that yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, and that was something else that uh, that Rusty told me after the game. He said he was really proud of Taylor. Taylor also was the kicker, so he, he was the leading scorer. He put in all the, all the extra points after he scored. Right. Um, but once they lost um, Brandon Phillips at the beginning of the season and they had a couple injuries, it, it really allowed for some other players to make some plays, and I think that it was really impressive that Nelsonville York was able to still get contribution from some of their players that weren't necessarily starters at the end of the season or the beginning of the season. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, mm -hmm. you know, on the defensive side, you know, Colt Snyder has always been a force. He was a big part of the win against Sims Valley uh, last week. You know, talk a little bit about Colton Snyder because for this guy, you know, he, he was a part of the 2017 team that went all the way uh, to the state semifinals. Um, you know, and, and he's been a leader uh, for the Buckeyes uh, throughout his career. Yeah, I mean, I just I just started covering that team this year, but from what I hear, Colton was Colton was like a he was a four year starter. He was one of the few people on this team that played on that 2017 team, and he he was always the one bringing the energy. He was the loudest guy on the field at all times, and he was always the guy. I think in at the beginning of the fourth quarter, he came on onto the sideline, and they were in that huddle, and they were losing by 13. And he he was the guy that told the team like we could still win this game, and and he was the guy that brought all that energy in. It's going to be really tough to replace him for next year, and they're going to have to get some more vocal leaders like him. What does this Buckeye team look like next year? I know there's a lot of seniors on this roster. Um, you, know, you have Drew Carter returning, but what does what the rest of the, the offense, what does the rest of the defense look like? What, what can we expect out of Nelsonville, York, coming in 2021? Yeah, well, the, the silver lining with some of the injuries that happened at the beginning of the year was that they were able to get some of those some of those younger guys in the game. Um, I think that Drew Carter will take a big step forward. He only he'd only played I think six or seven games at starting quarterback before this year, so he progressed so much this season. He'll be one of the best quarterbacks in the TBC next year, I think. Um, and then Hudson Stalter, he's only a sophomore, and he was getting a good amount of touches when they were trying to establish that run game. Uh, Makai Williams is somebody we should definitely look out for. He might be the fastest dude on the field, and he, he's only a freshman. Um, on the defensive side, um, there was Dakota Inman. He, he stepped up a corner. Um, I, there's just a lot of moving parts, and they will lose a lot of seniors, but I think that the legacy that those seniors left will, will definitely help for the future, and I think that they'll still be in good hands and have a pretty solid year next year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any team that is coached by, you know, Rusty and, and his coaching staff, you know, has, has always been successful, especially since you know that that two seven uh, two thousand seventeen team. Uh, so no matter who they throw out there on the field, I think that they do a nice job of developing the kids, and you know, you, you see the progression during the season, and it's been remarkable because you really didn't have a an off season to really prepare. You didn't really have your 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 summer workouts or you know a complete you know, summer workout team. Just imagine how good this team could have been had they had, you know, a whole, you know, off season to work at it, get better, and, uh, you know, do what they do best. Yeah, I think that there's really a good chance that that, that Nelsonville York team, their their record might look a whole lot different if they had that full off season. I mean, by the end of the year, they were one of the best teams in the region, and, and they lost those first two games, but since then they really did look better every single week. And Drew Carter threw a lot of interceptions in those first two games, but he simply probably just would not have thrown at the end of the season. And I would have liked to see them play, play Trimble or Wellston again. Obviously, I know that won't happen, but right. that would be a really, really interesting scenario. Well, I always had hoped that, you know, Athens and Wellston would play because that would give uh, NY a little bit of a chance to Ty Wellston at the top of the TVC Ohio. Of course, uh, Athens has turned in their football equipment. They are uh, will have to wait until next year. They've shifted gears to 
basketball and um but that would have been a I know Athens was banged up a little bit they, they were not going to be at full strength against Wellston who of course you know, had a little bit of success in the postseason this year um but anything could have happened right and if, if you had Athens Wellston Athens comes out on top and you get a two-way tie at the top just like you had last year with NY in, in Athens uh but you would have had Wellston in NY um but again, you know, it, it was a, a fun year to watch the Buckeyes play. Uh, they kept it entertaining all year long uh, and, and really played some of the best football down the stretch here, Scott. Yeah, like you said, I mean, it was just, it was, it really was a really fun season. I'm just, I'm glad they're, that they're in the high school football season this year, you know, coming in to the year, everything was really uncertain and, and they really took advantage of the time that they had and, and they should still be playing. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's for me. And I listen. I got no connection to Nelsonville, York. You know, I, I coming here from the university, calling out those games. But yeah, I, I really feel for these guys. You know, because they they had that taken away. But you know, we, again, like the coaches told you at the end of that ball game, uh, you got to take a look at the positive. And right now, the the positive is you got a very talented quarterback in Drew Carter. And when you have your your top skill position filled then the rest of them can be successful next year. Yeah, it should be another another pretty good year next year. And they'll, they'll start off as, against Trimble as, as usual, and I expect that one to be a good game. So, Scott, what's next for you? I mean, are you going to go uh, and uh, cover NY basketball now for the post? Or, you know, what's your next step in, in athletic coverage? You know, that, that hasn't all been decided yet for, for the post. Um it's most likely, I think, we'll, I'll be looking at uh, women, the, the Ohio women's basketball team. I uh, covered them last year. There you go. Uh, that was a team that they would have been in the MAC championship if not for the uh, for the cancellation of the tournament last year. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's looking like them. They, they'll, they pretty much brought everybody back except for a couple of pieces, so they should be a really strong team, and I'm excited for that season, too. And they did not have a waiver for those girls, right? I mean, uh, Monty Burke was the only senior, right? Uh, it was her and somebody else for for Bob Bolden and his crew. Um, but it was, they, it was uh, Maddie Maddie Bazelak. She that's was a right. grad transfer. Yeah, she was. A, she played volleyball before coming to Ohio, right? Yep, she was a. She played volleyball for four years before uh, making her way to OU and playing basketball. She uh, she could have done either out of high school and. Bob Bolton wanted her out of high school to play basketball, but she went the volleyball route and circled back to Athens. Well, I think it was uh, pretty successful. Uh, you know, obviously, it's it's tough getting from you know one one sport to another, especially at the D one level. Uh, but you know, the Bobcats were successful last year, and and so are the Buckeyes here this year. So that that's where we can find you. We'll have you inside the Convocation Center, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know. You, You'll uh, still come on the program, and we'll still get you uh, now. I guess covering Ohio women's basketball, right? Absolutely, I love being. I love being here talking to you guys. So it's always fun. Well, we always appreciate you taking time out of your day, calling into the program, and uh, you know, too bad I don't get to see you next Saturday. But you know, I will see you when I see you. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, that's right. But Scott Thomas of the Post does a nice job, I guess, did a nice job covering the Nelson Blue Oak Buckeyes uh, for their football season. Buckeyes, again, finished their season with a record of 5-3. and three. Uh, But disappointing way to end it. you got to take a look at the positives. 
Uh, and that's the only way that you can really move forward in that kind of situation. Uh, but for Scott, appreciate you being on the program, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yep, thank you for having me once again. Again, Scott Thomas of the Post. We'll hear him or see him, I guess, for uh, Ohio women's basketball up next. But up next for us right now, we've gone from one heartbreaking loss to another. We'll talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and their loss to the Cleveland Browns, 37-34. And a minute six, they could not hold that lead. We'll we'll break down the heartbreak after this. This is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice. We celebrate life. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer. Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1670. 77 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. And welcome back into the Sportsman on 970 and 97.1 FM. Mills and Mike flying solo tonight. No Joey. He'll be back, I think, tomorrow. I don't know. I'll see him uh, when I see him. We talked to Scott Thomas. We broke down a little bit of the Nelson, New York Buckeyes as the Buckeyes, again, have their season come to a close. I'll have to talk to Coach Rusty Richards and figure out you know, if they will have another game because I personally would like to have another game on the radio. Uh, obviously, if that game is on a Friday, we'd have to have NY right here on the uh, – uh, on WATH, of course, we would have the uh, postseason game over on FM. But if there is another game, I'll try to keep everybody up to date about that. And uh, yeah, they they deserve to be uh, you know back on the red. They deserve the notoriety because they they had a good year. They had it uh, taken away right there with three seconds left or untimed even. Uh, but you know it's uh, so it goes, right? So it goes. And uh, th- this game on Sunday with the Cincinnati Bengals and the uh, Cleveland Browns, I don't even know about that. I mean, they led all the way up until the last fourth quarter in that football game. Yeah, I-, I saw a stat, and it was last week against the Colts, right? And with the, uh, with the Indianapolis Colts, 
Cincinnati had a lead that was uh, 90. They, they had a lead 21 to nothing. And teams who had a 21 nothing lead over another football team in the NFL were 95 and 0 in winning a football game. Now, teams that scored at least 33 points and zero punts were 55 and 0 in the Super Bowl era. After yesterday's game with, with Cincinnati and Cleveland, teams who have no punts and 33 points are now 55 and 1. Those are not, not good numbers if, if you're a, a, a Bengal fan. Now, there is a positive. Obviously, we've been talking about the only positive for Cincinnati you know, all, all year long, which has been that they have good skill position players. They have their franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow. I mean, he threw for 406 yards. 406. Like, that's, it, it's amazing. And he's only one more game away. They are through. I think he's got five games right now with 300-plus yards passing for Joe. He gets one more, and he'll tie Andrew Luck for the record. And that is something pretty special to hang your hat on right there. Now he's got to go out there and do it for another week, and then he'll have the record as a rookie for the most 300-plus yards uh, passing in NFL history. I mean, he just goes, no matter where he goes, success follows him, and it's been fun to watch Joe you know, at the NFL level and the collegiate level. I missed his time here at Athens, wished I could have seen it. Um, but for Joe, again, 35-47, 35-447, uh, 406 yards. He averaged 8.6 yards uh, per play or yards per pass. Uh, three touchdowns, had one unlucky interception. I mean, that ball was tipped up by the defensive line, fell into the hands of the Cleveland Browns as they were driving right into the end zone in the opening play of the game, uh, opening drive of the game, and that uh, obviously, you don't want that to happen, but yeah, they were feeling good. You can tell that this team was dialed in. You could tell that they had a really, really good shot at winning this ball game, especially after what happened after the interception. Baker Mayfield, he threw his first pick. He went, he opened up the game 0 for 5. 0 for 5 for Baker. You, and you had everybody calling for his number. You thought that he was going to get benched. Well, he made everybody quiet. He got Baker Mayfield. You know, he, he was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Quarters two, three, and four. Quarter one, not so much. 0 for 5. But he finished out that ball game and was every much of a first-round pick that you can expect that Baker Mayfield could have been and was. Uh, five touchdowns for Mayfields, 297 yards, 22 of 28. All 22 catches, all 22 completions happening quarters two through four. Um, but if you're Cincinnati, you cannot give up this lead with a minute six to go in the ball game. I don't know what this defense is doing. I heard it before. I don't know if it was somebody in a press conference. I don't know whoever it was. But they said that was the most uncomplimentary defense, uncomplimentary football that you would see. The defense gave up 20 points in the fourth quarter. And if you're looking to win a football game, which Zach Taylor has won a lot. If you're looking to win that game, and yes, the team is getting better week in and week out. You can see the progression. It was what, a 35-30 
loss in week number one. Now it's only a 37-34. You, you got closer by three points. That's not a whole lot. But you were in there against a very good Indianapolis Colts team. You should have won that game. You should have beat the Philadelphia Eagles, but you didn't. You should have beat the Chargers in week number one with Tyroid Taylor as a quarterback. You're not even talking about Justin Herbert, who was a quarterback in week number one. No, you had Taylor. Tyroid Taylor. And, and you still lost that, that ball game. Uh, but that just goes to show you how much further Cincinnati has to go to become you know, one of those top-tier teams. Right now, I don't even – yes, they're at the bottom tier right now. If you were to rank you know, all the NFL teams, you, know, you would really find the Giants, the Jets, and the, uh, the Washington football team, the Dallas Cowboys. You can basically throw the whole NFC East right at the bottom. But I'd have Cincinnati at, at the top. I think they're the best team in the NFC East. Now, right now, that doesn't mean anything because you know, that's not their conference they play in. But if you're going to take a look at football as a whole, you have more optimism in Cincinnati than you do in a lot of places across, across the NFL. But Burrow, again, you know, he, he was phenomenal. You had Joe Mixon, who was inactive. I thought Giovanni Bernard did a nice job getting involved, not only in the running game, but the passing game. Made 13 carries, 37 yards. Nothing really to, to be ecstatic about. But on the receiving end for Giovanni Bernard, five receptions, almost 60 yards. He had 59 yards receiving. Uh, so that, that's a nice way to utilize Giovanni Bernard. Then he had Tyler Boyd. Probably has been the best wide receiver that Cincinnati has, or the most consistent wide receiver uh, the Bengals have had. 11 receptions, 101 yards, one touchdown, 13 targets, only two missed. That's pretty good. And, and then over the last two weeks, A.J. Green has looked more like A.J. Green. Uh, seven receptions, 82 yards, average 11.7 yards per, per reception. Uh, longest was 22. He had a quite, a, quite a bit of long, long uh, uh, passes. I, I know in the beginning of the year, Cincinnati was thought to be, you know, oh, Joe doesn't have the long, long ball going. He doesn't have the arm for it. If you take a look at how much time he had at the beginning of the year compared to now, if he dropped back more than three, four steps, he was getting hit left and right. But now that the offense is kind of, the offensive line has a little bit settled down. It's not as bad as where they were in the beginning of the year. They're still pretty bad. And for the amount of pieces that they had to move around and fix, a couple offensive linemen went down yesterday. Uh, and, and Cincinnati had to throw a couple guys in there to step up big, and they did. They protected Joe for the most part, and the offense was not the issue. Now, the offense was phenomenal for Cincinnati. They played a full four-quarter game, if you're the offense, seven in the first, ten in the second, only a field goal in the third. You still had the lead at that point, and then you cough up the lead in the fourth where you score the most points you scored all ball game at 14 points. And out and on the fourth down and short, over near the goal line stand that Cincinnati had to go and, and, and take the lead with, I thought that was a, a, a great play call. Now, obviously, you know, the, the obvious play right there would have been a quarterback sneak right up the middle, pick up the first down, and then you have your four opportunities to get into the end zone again. And that might have even taken time off the clock. 
because if, if you're Cincinnati, you scored with the minute six, and that was way too much time for the Browns to come back and win that ball game and Baker to throw his fifth touchdown pass to uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Three receptions, 56 yards for, for Peoples-Jones. Um, but there was a lot of time left on that clock. And that was just... I, I don't think... It was not... I would rather get into the end zone, score the touchdown, and take the lead and then have to throw it to your defense to defend it. Get the score first, lead the ball game. Don't leave it out on the field, try to get cute. Uh, but they, they got a little bit cute. They got the touchdown with it. It was a nice call by Zach Taylor. One of the better calls, better play calls by Cincinnati. But the defense needed to stop Baker Mayfield. He was 22 of 22 at one point before he had to spike the ball just to stop the clock. And that's just not a way. It's not a winning formula. And we know that Cincinnati is a little ways out. They're not, they weren't supposed to be this world beater team this year. They were not even supposed to be in these games. I mean, the Browns are projected to be one of the better teams in the NFL. They are in one of the better, you know, divisions in the NFL. The AFC North has an undefeated Pittsburgh, which is the only team that's left undefeated in the AFC. You got Baltimore, who was at the postseason and had the MVP and Lamar Jackson. And then he had Cleveland's, who they got a competent coach in Kevin Stefanski. They actually figured out how to run the ball this year, and they have been using that run because Baker hadn't been good up until this point, but when they needed him to pass, Baker stepped up to the park, and he, he did it. You know, he, he looked like a franchise quarterback, but the way that he played leading up to that game, you thought that it might be the, the Casey Keenum era, uh, but Baker did his job. He probably saved his job for the remainder of the season just with that single performance, unless he does terrible over the next couple weeks. But he got his swagger back. He, Baker Mayfield, whatever funk that he was in, he got it back. Now, the big negative with the Browns, obviously, was that first quarter. Um, interception, first play of the game for them, throwing the interception. And you know, because of that pass, Odell Beckham Jr. gets injured. Uh, there was a report out earlier today. Odell Beckham Jr. sent to a reporter, and the reporter reported that uh, Beckham told him he had an ACL tear and that he was going to be out for the season. So the, uh, the Browns will be down one less talented receiver. Uh, Jarvis Landry, of course, is, has been pretty good for them. Um, Rashard Higgins has probably been the best overall. But you, know, you got Higgins, you got Harrison Bryant, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who showed you something yesterday. And all that combined really gets you a good good football team with Cleveland. Now, it's disappointing that OBJ has that uh, has a tear. He has the ACL injury. You never want to see a, a player get injured. But it was a nice way for the Browns to respond to come back and win that ballgame. If you're the Bengals, Browns shouldn't even been in that ballgame. With a minute six, got to hold that lead. They didn't do it. But that's, uh, it was a, a, a tough weekend. Uh, if you were a Bengal fan, if you were a uh, Buckeye fan at the high school level, obviously OSU won 53-17 over Nebraska. It was a big, that, that ball game was tied up at 14-14 at one point, and then Fields just took it over. I mean, that was a, a very good OSU football team. Uh, they are now ranked third in the AP poll. Uh, Clemson at the top. Alabama at two, Ohio State at three, and then Notre Dame coming in at four. 
Uh, but that was a very, very talented uh, OSU team that we saw uh, play on Saturday, and that was the best football um, besides you know, Browns coming back. Baker Mayfield looked like he was a, a Baker Mayfield of old, looked like he was back in college throwing darts. That was – and then pass coverage, he did it with a pretty good pass coverage defense. Yeah, Jesse Bates, who has been pretty good for, for Cincinnati, uh, had a tackle for a loss. The interception uh, went to Darius Phillips. Phillips, of course, has picked off uh, Mayfield in the past. Um, yeah, but they, they, they fell apart in the fourth quarter yet again. They had the lead going into the fourth quarter. And now what the most concerning thing is, and I, I got this picture sent to me from uh, Trevor Stevens. And Trevor had sent me um, you know, the stats of, of coaches for Cincinnati. John McKay of the Tampa Bay, or uh, coaches overall. John McKay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 1976 to 77 and 23 games, he had 23 losses. Jim Ringo, Buffalo Bills, 76 through 77. That was not a good year for, for those two teams. Uh, three wins. 20 losses. And now Zach Taylor, who is coming up, he's got you know, three wins, 19 losses, and one tie. Uh, it's, we will see what happens. And I would advocate to keep the coach as long as there is something salvageable. If you see the improvement, keep Coach Zach Taylor there until if it happens again next year, if you get out, out of the gate, I, or really, what I think it's going to come down to this year is when the Bengals hit their soft spot in the schedule. And I, I say soft spot, quote-unquote, because you know, Cincinnati only has you know, one win. But once they get down to the NFC East teams, Washington, New York, Miami, Dallas, once you get to that part of the schedule... And you got to come away with out of those one, two, three, four, out of those four teams, you at least have to have three wins. Three wins, and I think Taylor's job is still here next year comfortably because you would have seen that improvement. Now, if you even come away with the win next week against the Titans, I think that you know, maybe Zach Taylor is the guy. But at this moment, it hasn't looked good. You know, it has, there are signs of progress, and I don't want to say that Taylor should be out, but there's been a couple coaching things here. There's been a couple other things there that begs the question, you know, is he the right guy? And I think give him some time, and we will see if Zach Taylor is the right guy to lead the Cincinnati Bengals. But at this moment, we'll take another short break right here on the sports fan on the other side. Uh, obviously, Trimble Tomcats move on. They will play Newark Catholic Green Wave coming up on Friday. We'll talk a little bit about that as well as a little Monday night football action as that game, Cardinals-Seahawks. Seahawks were undefeated until Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals defeated him with Kyler Murray. That team has got their quarterback and their head coach. We'll talk about it when we come back. This is the Sportsman on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. <laughs> 
This is Ken Ryan. I'm running for probate and juvenile judge of Athens County. Since 1992, I've served Athens County in many ways. I've been a public school teacher for 12 years, government official and attorney for children, the elderly, and mentally ill. I've represented 115 children in juvenile court alone. After 28 years of service and more than 1,000 cases in probate and juvenile court, I've developed a level of experience that is unmatched in this race. Cast your vote for the experience choice. Paid for by Ken Ryan for Judge. Any day of the week, the Red Brick Tavern has a special for you. 50-cent domestic draft pints on Monday, $2 margaritas on Tuesday. Stop by Wednesdays for $2.50 Jack Daniels and Thursdays for $2 draft mega mugs. Red Brick has $2 White Claw Fridays and $1 Well Rum on Saturdays. Sunday Brick Break happy hours from open all the way to 9. Follow Red Brick Athens on Twitter and Facebook for the most up-to-date information. The Red Brick Tavern, your hometown bar for the Cincinnati Bengals. Great drinks, great wings, great prices, great times. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Stay on top of the news every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 and 97.1 FM WATH. The thought of my sons growing up without me inspired me to quit smoking. I talked to my doctors, and then I threw away all my cigarettes, ashtrays, and lighters. I started exercising instead of smoking. Staying away from alcohol when I was first quitting was key. I kept on trying, learned something each time. Do whatever it takes, no matter how many times it takes. We did it, so can you. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. And welcome back into the Sports Fan right here on the 97s at WATH 300 Columbus Road. And phone lines are open at 740-592-6646. 740-592-6646. Call in, be a part of the program. Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting and Bills and Mike on this 26th day of October, 6.52. we got eight minutes uh, left in our program until we send it to CBS News at the top of the hour. Maybe you're tuning back and forth between the sports fan and the coaches show with Coach Frank Solich. Uh, if you're looking for the Bobcats, it's on our sister station, WXTQ Power 105. You can find it at 105.5 FM. Russ Eisenstein, he does a nice job over there uh, covering the Bobcats. He's now into his 13th year as the... Yeah, voice of the Bobcats, 13 years for us. Uh, so he, he's still going strong and, uh, you know, does again, he does a good job with Rob Cornelius. And I'm excited to hear that first football game hit the airwaves right on our flagship station coming up on November 4th uh, as it is the Bobcats in prime time. That game will be on ESPN2. Prime time Mid-American Conference action on ESPN and Power 105 uh, on Wednesday, November 4th. That'll be 7 o'clock for Ohio and Central Michigan. Of course, that game is away. There'll be no tailgating. There'll be no uh, real festivities 
uh, to, to lead up at or around the game. Unfortunately, can't really do that because of you know COVID and everything. But you know what? It's uh, it is what it is. Those guys are back out there playing football, and you know, Coach Solich is still looking for that Mid American Conference Championship that has eluded not only him but the Bobcats for so so long. So we hope that uh, this year is successful, and of course, it will be rooting for the Bobcats all year long, uh, whether it be for football, whether it be for basketball, whatever sports. You know, it's uh, it's great having them on on the airwaves here. Um, Teaser going a little bit into the break. I want to start with a little bit of uh, Sunday night football. Um, what we have all week to talk about the Tomcats, and we will get into Phil Fairs and, and the Tomcats uh, a lot more as, as the week progresses. But Sunday night football in overtime. The Arizona Cardinals defeated the Seattle Seahawks 37-34. Cardinals now 5-2 and two on the season. Seahawks are at 5-1. and one. Russell Wilson in that first half, he looked phenomenal. 33 of 50, he finished with 388 yards, three touchdowns. He looked unstoppable, but the big issue was a turnover for him. He had interceptions. He was the MVP favorite, and I still think that he is. I mean, with the way that he passes that ball and the way that he has looked this year, I'd say that he's still the favorite. But right now, you know, three interceptions, quarterback rating of 84.4 in that game. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray had a rating of 104.5. Uh, Murray, 34 for 48, 360 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Kyler Murray was was worth that first pick, I'll tell you. Murray has progressed. He has gotten better every single, seems like every game. But against the talented Seahawks, who were undefeated at that point, coached by Pete Carroll, Cliff Kingsbury and, and the Cardinals come back and they win it. You know, they were not leading or tied for the entirety of the ball game. But they come back and they score 10 points in the fourth. They score the game-tying field goal, and uh, it worked out for them. You know, um, Zane Gonzalez, the kicker for Arizona, three for four. He had a chance to win it in overtime. And the one thing that baffled me about this football game was that with about two minutes to go, or I might have even been four minutes. I forget how much time in overtime it really was. But as I was watching it, it's second down and ten. They just had one, the Cardinals had one play that got blown up by the Seahawks defense. And then it seems like Cliff Kingsbury just threw in the towel. He goes for a 41-yard field goal, 44-yard field goal on second down and ten with plenty of time left and a timeout. But instead, he elects to go for the field goal. If he kicks it, they win right there. Instead, they let the time run off the clock. And it was a missed field goal. Time off the clock, take the timeout, reset. You iced your own kicker before even kicking that field goal. And the kick that went first had time not expired. The kick that went first was perfect through. And, you know, Seahawks would have lost earlier in that game. But lo and behold, you know, Cardinals missed that kick. I don't, that one play, that play call, just get a little bit closer. Make it an easy chip shot. Go for the end zone. Do safe passes. Go. You, know, you had a, the momentum on your side. I don't know why you would stop, you know, driving. They, they, they were going all over the fields. Nobody could stop Kyler Murray. His passes were accurate. But instead, you know, they kick the field goal. They miss it. Whatever. Russell Wilson now has another chance. 
and he gets picked off. Nice play by the Arizona defense, and they bring it up. They set it up for another field goal as time expires, and then they win. But that was the time to kick the field goal if you were the Cardinals. I don't know what they were doing with time left on the clock. Thankfully, somebody won this game. I don't, it's, maybe I'm too much of a baseball fan. Maybe I'm not used to seeing ties next to teams' names. But when, the, when there's a tie, uh, as the Bengals and, and Eagles tied, I'd much rather see the, the college format. You know, set her up on the 20 and try to score. You know, how fun was that LSU game two years ago? It was LSU in Texas, I believe. But that was the way, that, that should be the way to conduct overtime. But thankfully, you know, both quarterbacks got a chance. They, they had a way to, uh, both had their opportunity, go in and score. But for Russell Wilson, just could not, he, he couldn't get the job done at the end. Kyler Murray was better. And sometimes you just got to tip your cap like that when, when something like that happens. Um, but a very impressive win by the Cardinals. They came all the way back, beat the Seahawks again, 37-34. Uh, the Monday night football game tonight, if I see it correctly, I got to pull it up here in front of me before we uh, uh, head off and uh, have CBS News hit next. But tonight, it's going to be the Bears and the Rams, uh, two good teams. I don't know how good the Bears are. Uh, the Bears are, are baffling. They are uh, a team that is an enigma right now. But we'll see how that game goes tonight. Of course, we got the Tomcats on the airwaves coming up on Friday. And we had the Bobcats uh, with the coaches show over on our sister station going on at the same time. So we appreciate you if you chose to listen in to the Sportsman today. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you at the same time, same place tomorrow, 6.06, Monday through Friday on 970 WATH. Connor Mills signing off. Service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-M.